Welcome to episode 11 of 21st Century Boys. This is Joe Crawford. And James Crawford. And Henry Crawford. And we have got a special treat for you today. We are going to be doing an all-Marvel episode. So the first thing I want to ask everybody is, what do they think was their first exposure to Marvel? And Jack, what do you think your first Marvel memory is? Uh... Probably one of the cartoons, I'm assuming. I just watched, like, X-Men or something with you. Okay. It's, I don't know, so. What about you? I watched Superhero Squad. Okay. Superhero Squad. I know what that was something we watched with Jack and with uh, you as well. And with the Hulk. Um, so, I don't know what my exact first exposure to Marvel. I know my first comic was Marvel Comics, but... Uh, I'm going to guess it probably would have had to have been like the Spider-Man TV show when I was little. But anyway, so some of the things we were going to discuss today, we're going to talk first about some of our favorite things Marvel. So, guys, first off, since everybody's into the movies, what do you think is your favorite Marvel TV or show? Check. Mm. <clears throat> probably just Superhero Squad. I do really like the X-Men, though. And I do like Spectacular Spider-Man a lot. Okay. What about the movies? Is there one that jumps movies, out as your favorite? Probably Thor Ragnarok. Really, the new Spider-Man was really good, though. Okay. Henry, what about you? What are some of your favorite series or movies? My favorite series of Marvel show is um, Superhero Squad. And okay. And my favorite movie was the new one, Spider-Man Away From Home. No Way, no way Home. No yeah. Way Home. Yeah, that was a really good one. Henry, real quick question. Since Superhero Squad had two seasons, and one of them was Doctor Doom, and one of them was Thanos, which was the better Superhero Squad villain? I don't know. Probably Doctor Doom. Okay. I really like the weirdness in season two when they're going all over the place, and they yeah. meet like um, uh, all the monsters in one episode, and they meet Beta Ray Bill in an episode. I really like those. But I agree. Doctor Doom... And Abomination and Modoc were hilarious. So, um, okay. So, let's do favorite characters next. So, when you think of your top five Marvel characters, Henry, who do you think your top five Marvel characters are? My top five Marvel characters are Herbie the Robot from Fantastic Four, Human Torch, um, Modoc, Doctor Doom, and Silver Surfer. And Silver Surfer's the number one? Yeah. Okay. So that's five going up through one. Okay. I'll do mine next. My, and I'll do it backwards just like you did. My number five is Ghost Rider. If you put Danny Ketch on the book, I will pretty much always buy it. My number four is Fin Fang Foom. Once again, if I see that Chinese dragon, I'm going to buy that book. Number three, especially now that he's come back for uh, Savage Avengers, which is one of my favorite Marvel books currently running, Probably is my favorite Marvel book currently running, and that's going to be Conan. I know it's a little bit of a cheat, but hey, he's in the Avengers. Uh, number two have to be the Incredible Hulk, and number one, after I read Fantastic Four's first couple of essentials, I fell in love with the Thing, and he is probably my favorite all-time Marvel character. All right, Jackie, what's Going yours? Going from five to one. Number five is Scarlet Witch. Number four is Deadpool. Number three is Hulk. He used to be my favorite for a long time. Me too. Number two is Doctor Doom. 
And number one is Squirrel Girl. Hulk was my favorite until The Thing became my favorite. Because, mm. yeah, I just fell in love with Ben Grimm. So, all right, next up, Henry, what is your favorite superhero team in Marvel? I like the Fantastic Four. And which members of the Fantastic Four are your favorites? Um, the Silver Surfer count because he's from the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's from the comic. Sure, sure. Yeah. So you, he's one of your all-time favorites who's been on the in the comic anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Jack, what is your uh, favorite team from Marvel? Uh, probably the champions. I okay. Really like so which which lineup are you talking? Who's in this version of your, of your favorite version uh, of the champions? The original run of the champions, which would be. So do you mean like the one from the seventies or the more recent? Oh, one? the more recent one. Okay. But that includes, uh, the totally awesome Hulk. Is it Viv? Viz, Viz's daughter? Uh, yeah, I think it is Viv. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales, Nova, yep. Cyclops, and Miss Marvel. Yeah, that was a fun team. The Mark Wade team. Yeah. Uh, so my favorite is probably classic Defenders. Not super classic like original Defenders because that was kind of before my time. But when I was a little kid, uh, the version of the Defenders that had Hellcat and Hulk and Valkyrie, Doctor Strange, Nighthawk, Submariner, Son of Satan... Uh, that was a really cool team. I always like because they were kind of different and they had some of the characters that I don't feel like you saw everywhere else. But um, that was good stuff. So, last thing we wanted to hit up. Um, favorite Marvel comics that you read? And this can either be like a run or it can be like a graphic novel or anything. So, what are some Marvel comics that you've read that you've really liked, Henry? I know you read, um, was it... Avengers versus X-Men. Yeah. And that was the baby version, right? Yeah, the giant size little Avengers versus X-Men. Okay. Scotty Young. Yeah. And you really liked that one? Yeah. Okay. Have you read any other comics or mostly watched the shows? I've mostly watched Superhero Squad. Has Jack read any with you recently? Because I know y'all have been hanging out a lot. I... Uh, Still mostly manga when you guys read. We did read yeah. some Scotty Young ones. They had like some new like little shorts on the Marvel. Oh app. right, right, right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So the Marvel Unlimited app. So that's cool. So maybe some more in the future. Yeah. Cool. Jack, what's some Marvel. favorite runs or comics from them? Uh, I really like Champions. Okay. Uh, I read Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, and I really like that one. Right. The Scotty Young one, of course, Giant Size Little Avengers versus X Men. I really like that one. That kind of got me into it a lot more. Totally. Uh, I really like Civil War, the first one. I didn't really like the second one that much. I didn't like the second one much. And either. then my favorite, probably Great Lakes Avengers. Okay. Yeah. All right, and uh, I'll, I'll speak for Jonah, and I was talking to him in the car yesterday when we were talking about we were going to do Marvel. I, I asked him, I said, do you remember when you were little, I used to read you Venom Space, I think it was Venom Space Night? I know it was Venom in Space, and it was Flash, uh, the Flash version of Venom, and, I, and he's like, yeah, I kind of remember it. I just remember reading him that. Oh, yeah. It was Ariel Olivetti, it had really good artwork, and there was like a giant bleeping space panda. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I remember reading that on the tablet with uh, Jonah. Anyhow, so this one was really hard for me. Um, my number one is a little bit of a cheat because I, I could not decide because they're both so weird and they're so both so dear to my heart. Um, 
And my number one for favorite Marvel comics would be uh, Team America slash US1 because I literally could not decide which one I would go with. So I'm, a ch I'm cheating. Number two is Fantastic Four. Reading those original essentials was just epic. I did a pun there because now they're called epics collections. <laughs> anyway. Uh, number three, Incredible Hulk. Just really love Hulk as a character. Really like the series, the Bill Mantlo stuff, Peter David stuff. Really good. Uh, G.I. Joe number four, the Larry Hama in the 1980s. That was the comic that really got me hardcore into comics. And number five, my first comic and the Mark Gruenwald run is just absolutely fabulous, as is the Jack Kirby stuff, and that is Captain America. Okay, so we asked if anybody had questions. Some of these questions are a little bit more for people who've been reading Marvel for years, so uh, we'll do the best we can with them. Um, but the first one came from Max. He asked, if you were given no limit control over one Marvel comic book series, and it could be bringing back an old series or what have you, what would it be and what would it be like? Um, so, Jack, if you could have any Marvel comic that you could take control of, what would it be and what would it be like? Mm -hmm. That's a toughie. I have to think about that one. Okay. Is there any Marvel comic you would like to have under your control, Henry? Don't know. Don't know? Okay. Well, I wrote that I'd bring back Team America and US-1 and call it Team US-1. And that is a joke. Um, but I probably would love that. I One thing I think realistically would be really cool is if we could get Sholly Fish, the guy who used to do Scooby-Doo team-up uh, writing for Marvel, and you could get like a Rocket and Groot team-up book where they travel through the 616 universe and meet all the characters, the obscure ones and maybe not be so obscure. I just think that would be really cool. You want to come back? We'll come back to that one. Alright, so this one's probably just for me, because I don't know that the kids are going to know this one. Best Editor-in-Chief and why? Uh, I say that I would pick Jim Shooter, because I really like, if you're going to have continuity, I either want it to be really tight, or don't worry about it. And I feel like we get a lot of kind of in-between, and when you have in-between, I think it gets confusing. So I would go with Jim Shooter, because he made sure that everything fit together, and I really liked that. The rest of the questions are from Kirk. Kirk asks, how do you feel about Marvel's no smoking mandate? Um, outside of the original Nick Fury having stogies, I don't really care. That's fine. They need to change with the times and smoking's not good for you and it wouldn't be good for you if you were a superhero. Uh, you can hire three living creators to return to Marvel. Who are you calling? I said Kirk Music, Larry Hama, and Mark Wade. As president of Marvel, what steps would you take to increase readership and get my family to stop trying to kill me? Okay, I got a nice, long, in-depth answer for that one, but let's, let's ask uh, everybody this one first. So, what is something that would get you to read more Marvel comics, do you think, Henry? Like, do you like, like reading them on the tablet? If were if they were, like, manga-sized, what what would you like? What would be a way to get you to read comics from Marvel? Um, if they sold them more places? Sold them more places. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Jack? Uh, I really liked what they were doing for a little bit where they were, like, the digest with, like, the certain volumes of just the series. I think that's a very accessible way to read them. Okay. Cool. I think both those are great ideas. 
So uh, some of the ones I came up with, um, I would love if Marvel Unlimited was cheaper. Shonen Jump, as we, you've heard many times in the podcast, is two bucks a month. Marvel should have a lower threshold of entry. For a kid, five bucks a month, I think people would be more apt to give out five bucks, and maybe kids would be more interested. Uh, I'd really like the young adult style graphic novels that DC's doing. It'd be neat if they had some of the non-continuity stuff like that with, say, Miles Morales or Nova or Miss Marvel. Uh, personally, no more five ninety nine or up issues. If you have that much story to tell, just do a nine ninety nine trade like they did at Image with the first, I think it's Firepower, where they just did a trade for issue one. Also, more entry trades for nine ninety nine. Do volumes ones for ten bucks, so it's affordable. Also, kind of like Jack was saying, the digest size trades uh, for the young adult superheroes that are twelve ninety nine. You get more uh, pages and you get less cost. I think that's a good entry point, especially for younger readers. Epics are old material in a not especially fancy format. I think the price should be dropped considerably, say like 25 bucks a book. And hopefully these kind of things would get books in the libraries. I know that the at our library especially we see a lot of the digest sized books for kids like Miss Marvel, Nova, Miles Morales. We also see almost every one of the DC young adult graphic novels getting bought for the library. So I think those would all be great changes. So I would say, so your family won't kill you if things dropped in price, maybe uh, you would save some money in your parents, uh, in uh, your parents, <laughs> and your family wouldn't be mad at you, Kirk. Anyway, DC is interested in a crossover. Do you go for it? Do you do a crossover with DC or not if you're Marvel, Jack? Yeah. Okay. Henry, would you do a crossover? Mm-hmm. What two superheroes would you most like to see uh, meet each other? One DC and one Marvel. Uh, Martian Manhunter and um, Human Torch. Okay. That would be a good one because Martian Manhunter hates fire. <laughs> nice. Um, personally, I think if I was Marvel, only crossover I'd do with DC is a buyout. I want all the characters, and we make better movies at Marvel. So, there you go. Next question from Kirk. Will you take the kids to school for me in the morning? Jack, are you taking his kids to school? Sure. Henry, are you taking his kids to school? (laughs) He is nonplussed. Yeah, I'll be right over, Kirk. We'll take your kids to school. Lastly, I don't think Jack and Henry are going to know what Malibu and CrossGen are, but the best conspiracy theory on why Marvel hates Malibu and CrossGen, I personally think that they just don't want to shell out money to the creators, so that's why they haven't really done anything with those two. But like I say, that's just my personal opinion. So we're going to go back to that question that Max asked so that Jack can get a chance. So if you're given no limit control of a Marvel book, even bringing back an old series, what would it be and what would it be like? So, I do want Great Lakes Avengers to come back in some capacity, but it did come back for one series, for one time, I think like a 2016 version of the series. Sounds right, because I was working at Books A Million. Which I did enjoy, but I feel like it could have been handled better in some way. But there is something that was going to come out, which did have the characters, but I think introducing new characters and having them in a different place might be cooler. So, originally, they were going to have a show, a new Warriors show, Mm -hmm. and it was going to feature Mr. Immortal and Squirrel Girl from the Great Lakes Avengers, as well as Night Thrasher and 
Speedball, maybe? Yeah, Speedball. And I think that sounds really cool. I'll just talk... One of the things I would change is instead of just, like, 20 pages, I think more like 30 or 40 would fit. Because while there were more volumes of the newer series of Great Lakes Adventures, it didn't feel like much was going on. Sure. Uh, I would also just have a faster pace in general for the volumes. And it would be also cool for there to be more cameos of the characters like they did originally. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for your questions. We're going to move on. Uh, first off, we're going to be covering a couple of things today. I'm going to be covering an issue of Marvel Tales from uh, a run we did to Schaumburg, Illinois, and I picked up at Keith's Comics. And Jack is going to be talking some about the Great Lakes Avengers. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Can go first? I can go ahead and go first. Okay. All right. So, Marvel Tales. This is a 25-cent cover price. It's number 32. Big 64 pages starring Spider-Man. And it's got a picture of Peter kind of on top of Rhino's horn. And the title is Rhino on the Rampage. So, this is from... Trying to see if it says November 1971. So this is going to be basically three reprints. And uh, interesting thing about this one, it's Stan Lee and John Romita in the first story, Rhino on the Rampage. The, this is must be really early Romita because he's still kind of doing, I would almost say, like a Ditko-esque look. It doesn't look like what I typically think of John Romita. But anyway, so we jump into the story... And Rhino is doing his shtick. And J. Jonah's like, ah, I need a story, da-da-da-da-da. And we cut away. So, this must be right after Mary Jane first meets Peter. Because they are sitting around having dinner and coffee. Maybe it's just coffee, I don't know. And uh, anyway, Mary Jane says, I never thought a tiger who wore his hair so short could be so dreamy. And you've got a bouncing bike too, Dad. You're the end. And uh, Peter says, Tell me about yourself, Mary Jane. How come I've never run into you before? Mm, you come on strong, son. And all that time I was afraid you'd be the shy type. Anyway, I spend most of my time taking drama lessons. Oh, you plan to be an actress? Correction, Clyde. I am an actress. Let's just... <laughs> It's just a matter of time till this big, blind, bouncy world discovers that fabulous fact. Come on, Petey. Let your hair down. They're playing our song. And Petey thinks, what a living doll. She makes everything seem like a party. But it cuts away from the, I don't know, American Bandstand or something they're watching TV to a picture of the rhino on television. And Mary Jane says, those crazy threads he's wearing really break me up. So, of course, he has to get away. He's got to go capture the rhino. But he's like, how do I get away from Mary Jane? And uh, she want, she's down. She's like, let's go. It'll be a real swing. And so they head on down. And you see this. And this is what I was talking about, continuity. You see a little panel of uh, Happy and Happy Hogan. This is what happens when you watch a Spider-Man movie. And you, you're starting to get all the stuff confused because uh, John Favreau was Happy Hogan and he was also Foggy Nelson. Anyway, Foggy is talking to Matt Murdock and Matt's thinking like, ooh, should I go help catch the rhino? No, I'll let Spider-Man handle it. So anyway, 
they flash back to the origin of the rhino and how he got his tough skin. And, of course, you know, he busts out and uh, goes on a rampage. I love how they draw him. Jack, look at his eyes. It's almost like he's it's almost like he's completely blind. He doesn't have really pupils or anything. So Spidey sets up his camera, he goes down to the rhino, and he starts throwing down with him. So fighting McFight, and he decides that the only way he's gonna be able to take care of the rhino is uh, to get away today. So he runs away. And uh, he almost breaks his camera in the excitement. He goes to see uh, Dr. Connors, a.k.a. the Lizard, and they come up with a chemical that's going to be able to uh, be used against the Rhino. So he goes and confronts the Rhino again. Chemical gets used and actually starts to break down his suit. So he goes from the Rhino, and by the end of it, he kind of looks like the Blob or something. I don't know. Funny thing is, poor guy's still, like, completely blind. But um, the one thing that uh, they keep flashing to is, uh, you know, Jameson, you know, just screaming like, I hate Spidey, my son, he got hurt while he was in outer space. And they get back to, um, I believe this is uh, Gwen and Flash. So we get back to Gwen, Flash, and Harry. Peter runs into him, and we find out Flash is going to be going off to war. Um, and Gwen is, I guess, at this point, not really seeing Peter. So, uh, MJ gets on the horn with, uh, Peter and he says, yeah, I can't really hang out tonight. And she goes, that's okay, Tiger. I'll keep a stiff upper lip till you buzz me again here. And of course, Peter being Peter, he takes it to heart and he gets real upset and he's like, oh, she doesn't like me. She doesn't care. And then... The next issue is going to be the lizard crawls again, but since this is a giant size issue, we get it right away. So we uh, are once again joined by Stanley and Jazzy Johnny Ramita. Kirk Connors is starting to lizard out. He runs down into the sewers or the subways. I can't really tell. Well, I guess there's tracks, so it must be the subway. Uh, his family's coming up from Florida to see him, but you know. He picked that time to be the lizard. And he's, look at this, he's got his eyeball like the center of his head is so weird looking. He's got one big red eye and then one yellow eye, like really strange. I don't know if that's a coloring error or what, but it looks bizarre. So the Connor kid and wife are there to see him, but he's on the loose. We have a flashback of the last time that uh, Spidey fought the lizard and uh, also some alligators apparently. Spidey puts the wife and kiddo into a cab and says, hey, it's going to be all right. I'll go take care of everything. Uh, on his way to Jameson's office, he uh, <clears throat> is trying to get paid for some pictures he's taken. And, you know, Jameson being a cheapskate does not want to pay him. He goes to the Silver Spoon to hang out with his compadres, Harry, Flash, and Gwen. Gwen is being a especially cold with him at the moment. So like I say, I think this is a point where they're on uh, kind of a break. And then MJ shows up. Three living, breathing males for only one gal, eh? Where's this place been all my life? She walks, she talks, and I can tell she's busting to meet good old Flash. Hey, MJ, let me introduce you to the crowd. And, uh, you know, they get introduced to him, uh, uh, to her rather, 
Tell me, doll, did you want to meet me because I'm a football star or because I'm about to become a war hero? Neither, Dad. It's your shyness that grabs me. So you're Gwen Stacy. I've heard Peter mention you. How nice. And Gwen is obviously not happy of the attention that um, uh, all the boys are giving MJ. So Peter heads out with Mary Jane. Connors is breaking into... What is this place he's breaking into? Oh, a jewelry store. So I guess he's stealing jewelry. I don't know what a lizard needs with jewelry. I thought all he wanted to do was turn other people into lizards. But maybe he needs to, like, get some money so he can make lizard gas. I don't know. Anyway, so then Peter tracks him down. They start fighting. He grabs him by the tail. Unfortunately, his tail didn't break off like it did in the movie because that would have been gross and cool all at the same time. Uh, there's a big fight. Peter gets hurt pretty bad because he gets uh, thrown off the building and he lands on his shoulder. Uh, EMT or some sort comes and wraps up his arm and uh, cuts him out of it. So he is on his way. He runs into Kirk Connor's wife and he says, you know, I haven't been able to get him just yet. Everything's going to be okay, I promise. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily look like it yet. Um, so, he calls Aunt May, says that he's going to be home late, then MJ calls, and she says, Hold on, Petey, try to cool it, Dad. Your enthusiasm is overwhelming. I know you're there, Tiger. I can hear you breathing. Oh, I'm sorry, MJ. I, I can't make it out tonight. It's your last, Dad. See you around. Click. She hung up. Uh, so, that's it. Once again, Peter is miserable, and Kurt is on the loose, and we'll pick up next time in Marvel Tales number 33, and it says, it'll really flip you out, I guess, Dad. Um, okay, so the last story in here is actually an Iron Man story. This one is by the wonderful Gene Colan with Stanley as an author. Uh, this one's a pretty fast one. It's only like uh, 10 pages. So this is a funny thing. So each one of these says 20 pages, 20 pages. Then this story, Jack, if you look right here, it says it's page 12. So 20 plus 20 plus 12 is what? 20 plus 20 plus 12? Yeah. That is 32. 52. 52. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, it's all good. My point is, it's not 64. I don't know who they're fooling. I guess a kid with a quarter in 1971. So, this is going to be a 12-page story. Uh, not sure where this came from. I'm guessing this is from when it was in Tales from Suspense. But it's called Victory. So, he's fighting Titanium Man, and he's trying to rescue Pepper. She's kind of like being held in stasis. And he tells her to fall to the ground. I'll throw this wire. Zzzzed, and he short circuits out the titanium man. Fight, fight, fight. Actually, a pretty good fight. Gene Colan's a great artist. And this is just really good looking stuff. So he fights titanium man. We see Pepper on the sidelines with Happy. I got it right this time. It's Happy, not Foggy. And um, he's like, I don't have any memory. And there's a film crew filming the big fight. And I didn't realize Titanium Man was so bleeping big. He's like four times the size of Iron Man. Um, and they show like the White House. I guess it's supposed to be like LBJ. So this is, I'm guessing, late 60s when this would have been originally printed. And Happy's going on to Pepper about, Oh, I don't have any memory. I wish Tony was here. I can't remember anything. And during the fight... 
he knocks the tar out of Titanium Man, and there's this big explosion. And in the big explosion, there's kind of like, whoosh, you know, and Happy, all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I can remember. My amnesia's gone. So now he remembers any, everything, including who is Iron Man. Titanium Man escapes, and the Russians are not happy with the fact of his performance. So there's a Russian sub. They're like, eh. You're out of here, comrade. And they just leave him in the drink. So he's like, help me, help me. I did my best. You can't leave. You can't. And so Titanium Man is sinking to the bottom. But let's see what Happy is thinking. He doesn't know my memories returned again. And with the knowledge that only he and I possess, that the Golden Avenger is none other than Tony Stark himself. So what is Happy going to do with this information? Is he going to get between Pepper and Tony? I don't know, because that's all I've got. So anyway, it was uh, three bucks. Keith's Comics, 1971, Marvel Tales. I tell you, it was well worth a quarter if you were a kid in 1971, because that was absolutely packed with story and fun Gene Colan art and some interesting early John Romita Spider-Man art. Like I say, kind of, kind of like he was trying to vibe on Ditko still, but it was still good stuff. All right, so that was mine. Jack, what did you read with the Great Lakes Avengers? I started with the first appearance of them with West Coast Avengers 1985. They appear in volumes 46, 49, and 64. In these volumes, the West Coast Avengers have their first appearance, like I mentioned already. Because the series is more serious than Great Lakes Avengers, the team is a lot more capable, and the stakes are higher than like the normal comic. Uh, the Great Lakes Avengers have to save some of the West Coast Avengers from possession. Ooh. With the gu guidance of Hawkeye, the Great Lakes Avengers being more capable seems more believable. About 20 volumes later, the Great Lakes Avengers appear again, volume 64, without the guidance of Hawkeye or Mockingbird to help Captain America. There's Avengers... There is an Avengers annual with Mockingbird, Hawkeye, and Great Lakes Avengers between the 20-volume gap, which is probably where they disbanded, but I wouldn't know since the volume is not on Marvel Unlimited. No, that's a bummer. The series, so you're, read, you're reading most of this through Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. Okay. It is The comic is Avengers Annual 1967, Volume 19. Okay. I found all these volumes... I found these few volumes quite good. I'll probably continue reading the series to see if I enjoy as much as the volumes I have read. The next comics I've read are their next appearance in Deadpool 1997, volumes 10 through 11. These two volumes follow Deadpool go into an aquarium. The Great Lakes Avengers tag along and try to defeat Deadpool as they think he's a villain. Deadpool shrugs them off, but Doorman teleports Deadpool, the king of lost in tribe time. When they were trying to save someone, who wasn't even being stolen, they were just confused. Uh, Doorman works with the character Weasel, who is not a part of the Great Lake Avengers season Spider-Man, to bring Deadpool back to the present while Deadpool screws around with Spider-Man's family. Deadpool eventually tries to... eventually decides to try and get Weasel... From the past to help him with a time machine. To convince him, he brings him to a party Gwen Stacy was having. Something I should probably mention. I remember that issue. He's disguised as Peter Parker. Yep, I've read that one. That's a fun issue. Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, in the middle of the party, Craven the Hunter attacks. Instead of turning into Spider-Man, he just dresses up as Deadpool to defeat Craven. The real Peter Parker eventually returns, but Deadpool distracts Weasel and gets him to build the machine. Deadpool finally returns and decides to go back home. The art, the art style of the comic was very cartoony, and I do like it most of the time, but sometimes it looks a little weird. Some characters don't look good, but I do believe the Great Lakes Avengers adapt pretty well, especially Flatman. I enjoyed these volumes, but I am unsure if I will revisit this series. I do recommend these issues, however. Next appearance is Thunderbolts 1997, volumes 15 through 17, and volume 25. Their appearance starts with a team trying to beat the Thunderbolts because their team name is similar or something. <laughs> I'm not sure, but they are ultimately defeated. After defeating the Great Lakes Avengers, the Thunderbolts see that Hulk is attacking town. After further investigation, it is found out that Hulk is actually a robot clone. The Great Lakes Avengers try to help, but they ultimately aren't extremely helpful. The robot ends up be actually being Gravitron in disguise, <laughs> who defeats most, if not everyone, there. As Gravitron gives his backstory, he gets jumped on by Atlas. Atlas is blown away, but Moonstone is able to convince Gravitron to fly away. The Great Lake Avengers also have a small cameo in the 25th volume, which I definitely re recommend checking out. That volume is very good. I, I really like Thunderbolts. Check out more of the series later. Yeah, Thunderbolts is good stuff. Next one, we're finally at the first Great Lakes Avengers volumes. This series follows a group of people aspiring to be heroes after getting superpowers, but almost always finding failure when trying to use them for good. Unless it's something small, they almost end up losing and having a team member or two dying, forcing them to look for new ones. Death is especially usual since the main character's friend used to be an embodiment of death itself. Mm. The original series is only four volumes long, but there is also a Christmas special, another Deadpool special, and one Thing volume, and also another Deadpool volume about the Civil War. That happens all around this time, and they're probably supposed to be consumed after this. They're all about the same characters, and are just a continuation of the original four volumes released in 2005. I really enjoy Great Lakes Avengers. I like the original art quite a bit, and I think all the characters are pretty funny and well-written. The character I enjoy reading about the most is Squirrel Girl, as she, she just defeats enemies like Thanos right. without believing she could do this. Each volume is in the perspective of a different member, for the original ones at least. Volume 1 is Mr. Immortal, Volume 2 is Flatman, Volume 3 is Bertha, and then Volume 4 is more in third person. The Christmas volume is one of my favorites. It's a collection of short stories about the Great Lakes Avengers, and each story is illustrated by a different person. But the stories are just as good as the original. The quality is just as great, if not greater. I might discuss this comic in further detail later. Cool. Um, I recommend the series, especially if you like comics around this time, such as Deadpool. Uh, next one I have is Great Lakes Avengers. 2016. I like this series more than I actually thought I would. The series is a revival of the group canonically after Flatman learns he somehow has the rights to the Avengers name. Flatman is able to get most of the members to come back after a while and they get a new member 
who's like a furry girl is kind of weird. <laughs> the comic does have some more references that may age it more poorly compared to the original, but nothing too drastic, such as the furry girl. The series <laughs> is honestly pretty faithful to the original, besides the furry girl. I definitely prefer the 2005 series and probably prefer the West Coast Avengers volumes, but I thought the series was better than I thought. The art was cute and pleasant to look at, the comic was funny, and I liked that they didn't use Squirrel Girl, understanding that wouldn't make sense since she now had her own series and a more reliable group of heroes to work with. Yeah, and she's straight up been in a, a regular Avenger by that point. Yeah. Uh... I'm just going to talk about, like, the members and stuff. Sure. The main members of Great Lakes Avengers that you'll see throughout the series are Flatman, Big Bertha, Doorman, and Mr. Immortal. All other members either die, arrive late, or just leave the team to follow their bigger goals. Squirrel Girl and Deadpool. Other members that in appear include Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Dinosaur, spelled D-I-N-A-H space S-O-A-R. Grasshopper, Squirrel Girl, along with Monkey Joe and Tippy Toe, mm -hmm. and the new member, Good Boy, who's the furry girl. Even though it's only for a couple volumes, a funny aspect of the series is around the first volume and all the cameos around that time is the team changing names. It is shown the most in the Thing volume, where the Great Lakes Avengers keep suggesting names while other teams turn them down. Some of the names include Great Lakes X-Men. Great Lakes Defenders, and Great Lakes Champions. All issues featuring the Great Lakes Avengers that were made before the 2005 series take place around the middle of issue one, as issue one has the origin of the characters before those volumes. I'm not just going to talk about uh, the trades a little bit. Sure. I read this series in this trade, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and the Great Lake Avengers for the like 2005 series and all the extra volumes, and I recommend reading this series this way. It contains all of the Great Lake Avengers comics around this time and it's probably the least confusing and easiest way to find and read these comics. It was on Amazon for $15 for a bit. I think it's still there. Yeah, I, I got mine I think on clearance at Books A Million. It doesn't contain the first Avengers of the Great Lakes Avengers and West Coast Avengers, but they have more appearances in West Coast Avengers after that so you'll still be kind of confused. Sure. It does include the first appearance of Squirrel Girl however. The first that's the that's the Iron Man story. Yep. Yeah. There is another trade called Great Lakes Avengers Misassembled, which is like an older one. Mm -hmm. The Squirrel Girl one's more like a reprint for like the unbeatable Squirrel Girl and like advertising that. Right. Uh, this is another trade which only has the first four volumes of the Great Lakes Avengers 2005 without the extras. It does have the West Coast Avengers, but they do. It still doesn't include the other West Coast Avengers volumes. Right. Um. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Cool. So, if you want to reach us, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Iowa's Joe. I'm at in underscore garlic. And the show is at 21STCEN Boys. That's 21st Century Boys. So, from Henry. Good night. Jack. Good night. And from myself. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.